Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Tell It All, where we find hope for our struggles and have a safe place for our vulnerability. I'm your host, Doriani Godoy. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode. Guys, it's a good day today, this morning. Um, y- y'all, I have a really amazing friend. <laughs> I have a girl who I love so dearly, um, who has been so amazing in my life. Every time I spend time with her, I am blessed by it. I'm encouraged, and I feel seen every single time. Um, Y'all, Jordan Strauss is here with me today, and she's (laughs) going to share her story. She's going to share her testimony, and she's really going to talk to you guys about what God has done in her life. Her story, this is the first time I'm fully getting to hear it, so I'm super excited, Um, and I'm ready to be blown away because I know God has done really good things in your life, Jordan. And so I'm going to ask the question, and then I'm going to let you take control. Okay, guys, so we're going to ask the normal question that we ask every single time we have someone on, and it is, what was a really big thing that God did in your life that forever changed your relationship with him? So take it away, girl. Oh, my gosh. Um... I'm literally so happy to be here. Mm. I I really, really enjoy um, reflecting on the things that, that God did in my life. And it's crazy to look back and be like, wow, he really did all that and <laughs> brought me <laughs> <Right>. here. <laughs> um, so I guess I, I want to focus today on my past with sexual brokenness, um, what it looks like when I was just a teenager, like still a kid and, Mm -hmm. um, and really encouraged into, um, some really toxic parts of feminism Mm -hmm. and, um, was just really lied to about sexuality in general and what that really meant. And so, I want to explain a little bit about my background and answer the question, finally. <laughs> no, I love it. Please do like a preface, like part of it. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I got saved in 2016. Um, I had just moved to San Diego, California. Um, I was living in Orange County um, right before that, and I actually was going to this prestigious liberal arts school. And so if you know anything about liberal arts school, they're like, um, super, uh, worldly, we'll say. Um, and, and they're filled with super talented people. Um, some of my favorite people in the world I, I met there and I'm still friends with, but, um, like, Gay Pride Day was, like, the most anticipated day of the year at the school, and it was a huge event. So, I was super influenced by by my surroundings and the perspectives around me. It was like I was having time in my life, but then my family ended up losing their house, um, and so we ended up homeless. And then um, I was failing school for the first time in my life. I was a freshman in high school, and then um, I dropped out of high school when I was 16. And then I left, and that's when I moved to San Diego, I went wild in San Diego, um, super just promiscuous and um, really was embracing the city life there. And I was living with um, a great aunt and me and two best friends who were 18. Um, we all shared a room in my great aunt's house. <laughs> and, uh, wow, that's tight. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so then um, I was... In the midst of this, I was having panic attacks daily, and I was getting tormented by by demons. I was seeing demons and spirits. I was super into witchcraft and really open to the demonic realm. And uh, and I ended up going into a church Easter 2016, Mm -hmm. and uh, I hated Christians. I was actually making fun of Christians as I walked in the door. (laughs) You hated me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would have hated me at the time. (laughs) But but then I I sat through that service and I heard God speak to me for the first time in my life. And uh, (laughs) he told me three things. He told me that he was the love I was looking for and everything else my whole life. Oh my god! 
And that was the first place, the only thing I remember from the sermon that day, um, which was that God didn't want a religion with me, but he wanted a relationship. And now as Christians, we hear that, you know, all the time. That's like the fundamentals of our foundation. But I had never heard that before. And uh, and then the third thing um, is kind of an added part because I didn't necessarily hear this this day, but it was a thing that really brought me brought me to Jesus was that he chose me. And in my darkest mm-hmm. time, I'd always say to myself, Jordan, if you feel like anyone loves you, it's just because they have to love you, but no one would ever choose to love you. And God said, Jordan, I, I love you. I don't have to, but I want to. Um, I want to love you. <laughs> and so I, uh, that day I accepted him into my heart. Um, my sister and my two best friends, we all got saved that day. And, and from there, it was just getting taken in by the community and, mm-hmm. and really uh, years of transformation, um, embracing the process of transformation after that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop. I mean, I knew half of it because I know that you and Audra share like mm-hmm. similar, but um, my heart is so jittery, <laughs> like all giddy because, oh my goodness, like that's such a beautiful thing for Jesus to be like, hey, like I love you. Yeah. And, like I want a real relationship with you. It was wild. Like mm-hmm. I remember the new voice in my head that was God. I was like, I've never heard this before. Wow. Was it gentle? Super. And mm. it was it was so distinctly it was so distinctly different from my own. Um mm. but it wasn't angry or harsh. I had always imagined God to be just an angry man in the sky that wanted to mm-hmm. tell me what to do and control me, like mm. other men I had seen in, in life in general. Mm-hmm. And I was so shocked to find out he was nothing like that. <laughs> wow. Okay, wait. <laughs> Hold on, I'm literally getting shooken. So, um, shooken, like you're shaking me. No, okay. Um, so I have a lot of, like, little things that have been written down. Written down. I've been writing down as you speak. Um, so I want to ask you, I do want to ask you about the angry man part, and I also mm-hmm. want to ask you about your man pain, because I yeah. feel like you have some of that which we all do, mm-hmm. well, at least most <laughs> of us. Um, but I want to reel it back into your witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. I want to know what what you were doing, how it was going. Yeah. What were the effects <laughs> of it? Yeah. And how did you get out of it? Yeah, it wasn't going great. Um. <laughs> I have heard, let me tell you, my family, um, only Christian here, they have definitely dabbled in that. And wow. it always ends up biting them in the butt. They don't exactly. think so, but actually it always comes for me because I'm the only Christian right. in the family. <laughs> so like, they're like, all like, yeah, lot, this guys. Is great. And I'm like in my room, like having nightmares and stuff. And I'm like, all right, guys, thanks. Oh, it's so okay though. Lame. I have Jesus. It's okay. Pray for go. her. You guys pray for Dory. I know. No, trust me. Well, I've lately been praying. Sorry. I'm like literally taking <laughs> us out of this like conversation, but I, um, something I recommend if you have that, I pray God that I always pray that God shields me. So I literally imagine like a white shield over me. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have to picture it. And so it's been, that's been helpful. Okay, yeah. back to you. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your witchcraft. Right. My witchcraft. Okay, so this is cool because I, I, I wanted, I felt in my heart um, sort of a, uh, a release to share a little more details about that than I normally do. I never want to share what I experienced in witchcraft in a way that, glorifies witchcraft. <laughs> You're like, how the frick do I tell y'all to stay away? Yeah. <laughs> because, because it's crazy. It's, it's sort of this, um, witchcraft sets you up where you feel like you're super spiritual because you're encountering a spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. And so when you see that there's something bigger than yourself, you naturally you you get excited because we're designed to see something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, because God is bigger than us. Uh-huh, right. Mm. And so um, I just want to make that a disclaimer that anything I share about witchcraft is, I wish that I didn't go through this. Okay. Um, but what it consisted of for me, um, when I was growing up, my parents were Christian, but... They um, they didn't live like it, and 
they never got past the first part of a salvation prayer. Like they Mm. um, didn't move forward in their walk after a salvation prayer. And so my mom was super influenced by a lot of new age beliefs. And so from there, um, I was the only one of my siblings that took it further. I'm the youngest of four siblings. And, uh, And so I started talking on Ouija boards every day. And <laughs> can you watch the movie? <laughs> and y'all uh, watch me have nightmares tonight because y'all. <laughs> okay, go, go, go. Um, and so in the midst of, of these Ouija boards, this was the, the, I guess, the medium or the tool I knew how to, to access the spiritual realm. And so I was convinced um, that, I was, that I was partly talking with guardian angels um, because that's what they would tell yeah. me. I that's I, like one of the biggest lies. You're always talking mm-hmm. to a demon. You're never talking to an angel. Seriously, angels wouldn't mess with that. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, I even I remember uh, my my oldest brother's girlfriend who was like, I would be super vulnerable uh, because she killed herself when I was young, and she was like my favorite mm-hmm. person in the world, and. Uh, and I was talking to a Ouija board one day, and this demon that I didn't realize at the time was a demon convinced me that um, they were her. And so I thought I was talking with my brother's girlfriend, um, and I, I clearly wasn't now that I know more of how the spiritual world works. Jordan, I'm sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't even think they actually worked. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I thought it was fake. But, but okay. I remember, um, so it was partly that, and then there was partly this rebellious, reckless side of me that I was like, I, there was clearly demons that were saying, like, I want to kill you, like, I hate you, wow. like, I, I want to destroy you, all these things. And I, I almost was... I was so intrigued by it because I was like, well, you can't do anything to me, blah, blah, blah. You felt powerful. <laughs> uh-huh. You were like, ha you're not God. You can't kill me. Right. And I guess I, at the time, too, I just, um, I was so destructive that I was mm-hmm. like, whatever happens, happens. Um, so I can remember, this was what I, I felt. This is how real this was, I felt like pressed on my heart to be able to share was I remember one night um, talking on a Ouija board with one of my friends. Her and I would practice often. And uh, we we stayed up all night um, talking to just different demonic beings. And uh, she, this demon that we were talking to um, became manifested so tangibly and so strong that it was stronger than our hands. And we, if you know how Ouija boards work at all, anytime you are wanting to a demon to leave, you put it on goodbye. Now that I know the Lord, I realize it doesn't really listen when you put it on goodbye. It just may be like... It's like, okay, on to the next. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll pretend like I'm gone. Yeah. Um, but it was stronger than our hands. And I, with all of my force... I was, I think I was 15 years old at the time. With all of my force, I pushed this. Um, like a little thing that moves. Yeah, I yeah. You, we all know what they <laughs> look like. We, I can't we've remember. all seen the promotion. I know. It, even if you didn't watch it, I sound like I'm fake right now because I can't remember what it's called. But my my mind is just blanking. But I pushed with all of my force this little thing to goodbye, and I felt physically a another hand on my hand pulling me back, and that was. That was the moment that I knew how absolutely real and terrifying what I was doing was. And I didn't stop after that. But, wow. um, yeah. You're like, you didn't come into your body. I know. Well, I, w- I had been told um, by, by a medium that I was possessed by the devil at a certain point where I was like, I, I had this day where I, re- I was, well, I was super suicidal often, um, and and I hadn't I would self harm when I was younger and I hadn't self harm in a few years and then I felt overwhelmed with with suicidal thoughts one day and I and I did self harm and then um, I remember I talked to this medium and she told me I was possessed by the devil I don't think that's necessarily true I think I was 
struggling with a lot of spiritual oppression, but I do think and and some parts of me in some sense were possessed. Um, mm. And yeah, and that what's what's tricky about witchcraft is that at first you're you feel somewhat in control and then it gets you to a place where even when you don't want to, you start seeing the figures and tormented by the demons involuntarily. Wow. Yeah. As you're talking, like, I'm literally praying. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Like, I literally am just, like, I'm praying because it makes, I'm, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because it, it, it does, like, it's scary, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so, yeah, I was, like, praying as you were talking. I was, like, God protect us, like, you know, like, whatever that might look like. But, um, Jordan, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, so, yeah. to be honest, I'm not surprised um <laughs> in the sense not because of who you are yeah um but because of the fact that i come from south america and mm-hmm. witchcraft is a huge practice in south america yeah. um so more than like more than half of my family has seen dead people or has experienced but they right. believe that it's like oh my family member or like oh my grandma or whatever right. and um it's not true like if they are n- if they're angels now they're not going to come down and like try to like mess with you that's not how that's not how salvation works right <laughs> um but okay so you were in it and you were like doing all this stuff um what I mean other than Jesus like what okay what was the worst moment of it like obviously like if you already shared it that's totally fine but mm. what was the worst moment of it when did you realize this literally is so scared I'm literally just playing with demons and like right. I need to run and what would be your advice to someone who is already in it? Sorry, it's like boom, boom, boom through all these questions mm-hmm. at you, but no, who is in it and they want to get out of it. Right. Or even wanting to dabble in it. Right. Um, I think that I, I wasn't able to even see a problem with witchcraft until I met the power of God. Um mm-hmm. I remember, um, I, like I said, I was having panic attacks daily and, um, I was, I was, I guess the, the worst of it was that, um, I could no longer walk around when, when we were homeless and I had to be outside all the time. And if you were walking to a bathroom, which were like, public stalls Mm -hmm. um I couldn't even walk from the short distance from my tent to the bathroom without seeing demons and um just literally running um to the bathroom like running from demons and I think that was the worst of it that was the point where I was like this is no longer fun um but I didn't know I guess I thought, a part of me thought it was everybody experiences this, and then a part of me thought that it was just, there was something wrong with me, and this would just be how I'd have to live. Um, Which is crazy to me that probably that thought was one of the demons who made you, or even just the devil in general, just made you believe, like, this is all your fault. Right. You're the problem, not what you're doing is a problem. It's just you're the problem. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and it, and if you ever hear that voice in any scenario, like, it's clearly not God. <laughs> yeah, rebuke that, because if Jesus didn't, like, the thought of it, and this might sound terrible, but, like, if you were the problem, Jesus would have already taken you out. Like, you know Ooh. what I mean? Like, if yeah. Jesus was like, I don't need you on earth anymore, let's go. Like, who has the power to kill? God. Right. You know, and if, he, if you were the problem, if you were a problem on this earth, he would have already taken you out. Wow. So don't let the enemy tell yeah. you you're the problem. Seriously, yeah. Yeah, I remember the Lord told me one day when I was so insecure, he's like, Jordan, if your heart's still beating, you still have purpose. Mm. And uh, and I love that. And I love in worship. Sorry, this is a little off topic. No, I love go for it. In worship, if, the, if you can, like, feel the drum and you could almost, like, feel it, like, in your body if it gets loud enough, and it I feel it, like, in my heart, and I'm, like, 
I still have purpose. I still have purpose. Like, you know how they call the drum, like, the heartbeat of, like, the band or whatever? I don't know. I'm not, like, musician No, I mean, yeah, I think I have heard that. Uh that. And, uh, yeah, but I love that. So, yeah, just that's just always something, like, a reference back to you. Like, oh, yeah, my heart's still beating. Like, clearly I'm I'm still here on purpose intentionally. Yeah, like, God still has a purpose for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, but... When I ex- first experienced the power of God, um, I was in church, and this guy was telling me how God delivered him of panic attacks, and he was just telling me about it for a while, and I was like, oh, yeah, I have panic attacks every day, and he's like, well, can I pray over you? And I'm like, sure, and that was the first time that um, I was leaning against a wall, and my knees... I could not hold myself up anymore and I just slid down the wall slowly and I fell to the ground and I felt the power the power of God and I never had a panic attack again a day since oh my (laughs) and and so I think that um there there was a moment um after just probably a couple months of knowing the Lord that I took my crystals um, and this this universe necklace that I had that had a, it was like the sun, moon, and stars, and I got it at this new age shop um, that I'd wear around my neck, and I, I took those things and I threw them in the ocean with a couple friends. Um, and from then on, I I was just like, I'm, I'm living my life for, for Jesus, not for these false idols. Wow. Oh my gosh, Jordan. (laughs) That is so good. Honestly, I like applaud you. Thank you. For walking away from that. Because I think too many people feel like if they lose it, they're going to be out of control. But in reality, it's just like killing them, basically. Like mentally. I mean, the point of the that, uh, the point of whoever is talking to you is to get you to hate yourself because Mm -hmm. they hate themselves, like the demon or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's, wow, that's really good stuff. Um, Yeah. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, and I guess um, advice, if anyone is in this or you're curious about it, because I know that curiosity... um, Kills. Yeah, (laughs) it can be, it's super hard, because you're just like, it's, I think it kind of aches at you knowing that you can access this very real realm, but mm-hmm. that it's it's not good for you because naturally we want to do things that are bad for us mm-hmm. because that's just our fallen human nature. Um, but I think that um, the best encouragement is that there is infinitely more power and wondrous miraculous experiences you can have pressing in and seeking the power of God over the minuscule power of a demon um and so if your curiosity is overwhelming or if you are currently um in it and you're kind of like not wanting to leave it I wouldn't even focus on like what you're doing wrong or that you're like being attacked by the devil or anything like that. I would just seek the Lord and experience what he has to offer. Wow. Mm, good stuff. <laughs> that is so, so true, y'all. Like when you press into God, you like I get blown away every time. I'm like, seriously, you're so good, God. Like, how did you make this happen? <laughs> He's like, well, no, I'm the God of the universe, of everything, <laughs> of the world. And I'm like, no, yeah. I know, but you still keep blowing my mind. Right. And I think that that's the beauty of God is like, we're human and our brains can't even fathom what God can do. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I feel like that's why we all get so blown away by who he is because we're all just like, wait, what? You did mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. And we always forget his power. So Sorry, guys. Just took a little moment for a second. Took a little break. Um, so, <laughs> yes, Jordan, that was so good. That was so 
needed and God is so good. So um, thank you for going into that, for being vulnerable about it. I know yeah. that it's probably hard for you to share um, just because it, you know, it is a scary part of your life and like opening that back up is, can be a little bit triggering or frustrating or whatever mm. you might feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I'm going to give you, where do you want to go from here? Um, you're in control, whatever you're yeah. leading. So we can talk about sexual ten, sin. We can talk yeah. about like if you have anger or if you had anger for men or men pain. You can talk about your homelessness. You can talk about whatever you want to yeah. talk about. Um, I think that we can talk about men because it will go into sexual sin. Okay. <laughs> They're kind of interconnected. Perfect. Um, okay. So do you want to ask me a question first or do you want me to start talking about it? Go. Just okay. talk. Because <laughs> I don't really know what, like, I mean, yeah. I don't really know a lot. I know a yeah. little bit of it, but I don't know enough to be like, oh, Jordan, talk about this uh-huh. part, you know? Yeah. So this, um, this is actually why I even ended up being here with Dory today. Because I posted this TikTok um, just basically being like, oh, I used to send naked pictures of myself and videos to older men and women and post them online and then now I love Jesus (laughs) (laughs) and I don't do those things anymore um so I wanted to share a little bit about that with you guys and what that looks like something that God put on my heart today when I was thinking about this is really um Something like, let's see, the result of an angry feminist, like what I was and what many, many girls are today, um, that really hate men, um, and they'll tell you a million times that they don't hate men, that they just want equality, but they seemingly... Uh, hate masculinity, they call it toxic masculinity, um, and I really understand. Um, but it's it's a common thing now that you hear, like, oh, men are trash, men are the scum of the earth. Like, <laughs> so uh-huh. I, it's so hard not to say it, like, you know, because mm-hmm. a guy treats you, you're like, yeah, you're trash, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> but right? Like, but it's also like men are God's creation, right? And so when we don't like when we say those things, we're hurting His creation. Yeah, and they're so necessary and needed. They are, <laughs> and good guys, like, yeah, there are some like terrible guys, right? But the good ones are so good yeah and you just want to love them so much you're like please i love you yeah Yeah. oh my gosh so um the but the result of an angry feminist you get when you have a oppressed daughter or a a daughter that was shamed by her parents um or you have an overbearing or controlling mother with a um, very passive or absent or even abusive father. Mm. Um, And so anytime there is an oppression, there's going to be a rebellion. Um, That's good. And so for me growing up, I was um, super criticized for my body because I was overweight since I was a little baby girl and uh, my sister has the most beautiful Kim K curves and hips body and she's gorgeous but growing up I was constantly compared to her Um, Mm. and so I was on diet and workout plans since I was six years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, and so in that I was almost, um, brainwashed and it, it's not entirely my parents fault cause, cause they themselves, I think, were, were shamed for their bodies and had significant insecurities. And so it's, it's kind of the, um, was the way of culture growing up. 
but um it was like generational um cycles right of, like body shaming totally and so um I was convinced that I was the ugliest girl in the world um and that you're so beautiful <laughs> and that um and that no guy would ever like me and I remember I would ask the Lord um like little girl like eight years old into my like young teenage years I'd be like Lord, would you just please, and it's funny because I didn't even, I don't even know how I knew to be praying, honestly. I mean, we prayed at dinner, but that was kind of the extent of prayer in our house. But I would say, Lord, would you please just let one guy find me just a little bit pretty? And I would say, I don't care if he's the ugliest, worst guy in the world. Just please just send one guy. And, um... I never realized how sad that was until I, until I did encounter the Lord and know my value. Mm. Um, so that's where my mind was at my whole life growing up. And I, I was just convinced that the thinner you were, the prettier you were. Um, and so when I got to be 15, um, it's when I really started to feel this sense of, well, if I'm already no good, um, then I'm just going to piss people off and uh, show off my body and try and get attention and approval from from guys and just see where that takes me. And so um, I was so vulnerable in that area because... I was so insecure that if a guy showed me a little bit of approval, I was like so willing to give him whatever he wanted because mm-hmm. I craved that approval that I that I wasn't getting from my parents. And so um, in that scenario, um, let's see where I want to go next with that. Um, I do want to say something. Yeah. Um, I want you to know, like, you're not alone in that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Because I, like, I mean, I don't have a lot to say in the sense, like, I know what you're, I think you're going to tell after this, like, it, mm-hmm. I, I didn't experience it, but um, I just want to say, like, me too, with the body mm-hmm. shaming and stuff. Like, I want you Seriously. to know you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I And I, I realized as I got older that this is, like, the mentality of, of many girls. And I, mm-hmm. I, I love certain parts of body positivity movement for the sake of the heart of it. Um, but but at, in a lot of girls' hearts, it really is um, this sort of rebellion, basically being like, I'm going to show off all of myself because you already think that I'm worthless. Wow. Um, so from there, from seeking that approval and attention, when I, and I started getting the attention, and even though I hated myself, and, I, and at the time I really was like, I don't understand why like, guys like me because I just think I'm you know, so ugly and terrible. and almost sets you up for this imposter syndrome where you're like, oh my gosh, if they knew who I really was like, and how I know me, know me, quote unquote, and like think of myself like they would not like me. Um, but after that is when um, men, so after that, I was 16, and that's when I started to send pictures and videos of myself to anywhere from 18 to 25 year old men. And um, Wow, but you were young. Mm-hmm. Wow, so, so you're underage. Mm-hmm. Oh, and gosh. so some of them knew how old I was, some of them didn't. Um, and now that I'm older, I'm like the ones who did. I'm just like, that's literally disgusting. Um, but uh, I was getting so encouraged by the feminist community that what I was doing was such a that I was being such a light because I was I was seemingly being body positive. 
Um, but here I am literally posting by definition child pornography wow. on the internet and sending it to to men that could literally be arrested for having it on their phones. And my oldest sister-in-law when I was when I was 16 was um encouraging me and teaching me how to become a cam girl, get a career and as being a cam girl. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically like self-made pornography. No. Um, and so that was my aspiration was I want to be a drug dealer's girlfriend and make pornography so that I can do drugs, have money, and be approved for my body. Um, wow, and so <laughs> I was like, I was talking to some of the most um, now the way I would view them would be broken and insecure men. Um, but I was at the time I would like, if you saw them, they would just be like druggies or alcoholics or, or drug dealers or whatever it was. Um, or just like guys who just were like wanting to have a lot of sex. Maybe they were like kind of normal, but, uh, even <laughs> I just remembered there was one guy in a gang, but, um, okay. I'm like getting off topic here. Okay. No, so, so what's the point, Jordan? <laughs> um, while you kind of think about that or like who are you want to really uh-huh. talk in, um, Jordan, I am so sorry. Like, truly. Like, mm-hmm. my heart goes out to you right now. Like, mm-hmm. I, you are worth so much. Like, Thank more you. than you'll ever know. And the fact that someone made you feel like your body was all you were good for. I am really sorry on their behalf and on their mm. and on on your parents' behalf who never told you that you were worth more than just your body. Mm-hmm. Because wow. you yeah. are amazing. Your heart is amazing. You're smart, you're creative, you're pretty, you're funny, you're <laughs> loving. Like I'm really sorry that you had to get to a point where you were like I'm worth nothing. Mm-hmm. But I am so thankful that you accepted God into your heart to mm. know that you are his daughter and you are wonderfully made in his creation. Mm. I just wanted to say that before yeah. we kept going forward because <laughs> I'm just you. like, I'm so angry. I know, <laughs> like, yeah. I literally am so angry. I just want to beat someone up. <laughs> like, I want to freaking, like, so strangle fun. all those people who took the pictures and... Mm, sorry if your freaking sister-in-law <laughs> hears this, but beat your butt too because shoddy no. Um, oh my god! But like, oh my god! Yeah. So, so sorry. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um. I I remember. Um. I guess I wanted to share this because I feel like this is a lot of girls' hearts. Um. I remember right before I got saved that I was talking to one guy in particular. And this guy I liked more than the other guys. And um, he was probably the most toxic of all the other guys, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember saying in my head all the time, I was like, I just want someone to love me. I just want someone to to choose me. And um, as I got to know the Lord after I got saved, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first time that I am experiencing everything I've ever wanted from these guys. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the significance of that day, the Lord telling me he was the love I was looking for and everything else my whole life. Wow. Um, so after that, um, it took it took a, a significant process of... Um, learning my value and my identity before before I stopped because I, I hooked up with two more guys after that who were 
by definition sexually abusive as well and it was like um I didn't even realize I was being sexually abused at the time and then uh and I had been sexually realize it most of the time right (laughs) I had been sexually abused twice when I was when I was younger um which also played a part in the whole mix of of all this but um and then I remember I remember the the last guy I talked to and where I was finally at the end of my rope and ready to to surrender I was talking with this guy and it was the most ridiculous scenario cuz I had I had just met him and I basically spent a week talking to this guy like over the phone and um we ended up like arguing for like a week and we didn't we didn't even really know each other it was just like this this super weird dynamic but I really liked him and uh and then I ended up in that time getting so depressed and so dark that um that I tried to kill myself Mm. and I was um I remember I I later found out was doing something that that you couldn't kill yourself that way (laughs) (laughs) it's like thank uh, you Jesus uh thank you but I remember um this moment where uh, I started getting tunnel vision and my eyes were going black all around and mm. um and in that moment I I thought that I would either pass out or I would die um but I ended up like suddenly falling asleep and I know I didn't pass out because I remember falling asleep and I woke up and um the next day feeling so empty um and I saw this vision um where it was like my vision got taken over and I was seeing where I was last night or that that night the night before and I saw the enemy's hands on me and um, I saw Jesus just bursting through the door and ripping him off of me. Oh my and, uh, and I knew that the reason why, like, I suddenly stopped and fell asleep was because the Lord had taken over. Um, and I was like, that's it. I cannot do this anymore. I can't talk to these guys anymore. I'm so empty. Um, and so... I was started embracing the process after that of of getting that out of my life, and it came back around. People found out, found the pictures of me online, um, oh, and I lost a friend because of it, um, which was which was lame. But it ended up being the consequences of my life and my choices, and. Um, but from there, it was it really wasn't anyone telling me. Um, you need to dress more modestly or you need to, to stop doing it or you're bad because you're doing this or what you're doing is bad. It really was people continuously teaching me my value. Um, mm. and, uh, and the scripture on my heart this morning was um, just where it says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Mm. Um a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And that has always stuck with me in in moments of temptation, of desiring that validation. And also for girls or guys, because I know plenty of men who have struggled with this too, um, what you are desiring, whether it's in random hookups or um, in a toxic romantic relationship or like porn or anything like that right like what you are desiring um those things if you really thought about them and stopped just like demonizing yourself like being like oh my gosh I'm so bad I'm so terrible what's wrong with me 
you really thought about what you desire, you were created for those things. You're just looking to the wrong source to get them. Mm. Um, you were created to be the apple of someone's eye, the sparkle in someone's eye, and you are that to God. You were created to be um, desired, to be wanted, um, to be approved. And so it really is not that you're just bad or that you're dirty. It really is just that you're desiring something that you haven't yet received from God. And it's willing, he's willing and it's available to you. It's just about turning and, and seeking it and, and receiving it. Um, so yeah, in moments of temptation, knowing that my body was a temple, um, and that anything that would disturb a resting place for the Holy Spirit, um, continuously still in my life disturbs me enough to not want to sin. Mm. Um, not that I don't ever sin. Of course, everybody sins, but, um, but that is something that the Holy Spirit is always reminding me. And that is, that's value. It's like mm-hmm. when I know God and I know that he would find me an adequate, desired resting place, a home for him, I'm like, oh my gosh. It makes my, my heart, like my soul worship the Lord, um, like from the inside out. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow, I'm a little emotional, but um, Mm. that's okay. Oh my gosh, Brennan. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I just, I am speechless. Wow. I really have nothing to say other than I'm so thankful Mm. for you today. Like, the enemy wanted you so bad, which means God has something really big for you. Mm. And I am just like, I just, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I really <laughs> have no idea what to say. Yeah. Um, I'm so just thankful that, like, you're here today. Like, that's all I can keep saying mm. because, like, I'm so glad that you let God win that battle. And that you let him in your heart. And, like, yeah, I, yeah. That's all I have to say. I really have nothing to say. I'm so sorry. I'm so speechless. Like, genuinely speechless. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to share? Um, Yeah. I think I I wanted to say... um, I wanted to say this last thing because I was talking a little bit about feminism and I don't want I don't want that to get taken out of context. Um, obviously, um, when you know Jesus, you believe in equality. Yeah. <laughs> um, because Jesus believes in equality. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus loves women. Seriously. Like he loves us. Like yeah. I think people <laughs> don't understand. Like they're like. Oh my gosh, he always because okay, so for me it was before it was like, Oh my gosh, Jesus, why is it always the girl who's <laughs> tempting the man? And uh-huh. like I would always be like, Why is it always the man doing the big things? Uh-huh. And then I literally had to be reminded by like a very God like being woman and she uh-huh. was like, Look, Jesus loves us. Mm. Mary brought <laughs> Jesus into the world. Right. Like she did the most <laughs> important thing in the Bible, basically. That's and that so was bring cool. Jesus into the world. And so Seriously. I'm just like, okay. And so Jesus loves women. Yeah. Adam was not whole without Eve. Right. Like, Period. God was like, this ain't good, <laughs> bro. This ain't good. Nah, 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 let me bring you a woman because you need her, Shadi. Uh-huh. You need her. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. And I, so I, I hope that is clear to, to anyone who might be peeved listening to me. If uh, you're peeved, get out. <laughs> Like, get out. Sorry uh, to be rude, but get out, <laughs> y'all. Like, cannot be peeved from this episode. This is freaking good. Um, yeah, just listening to me to to say, I, I'm not attempting to be disrespectful anyway, but what, what I want to say is um, that the sense of, of brokenness that you might feel 
um, from from trauma that you experience from men, I a million times understand you, and I'm sure Dory does too. Like I know that um, the hatred and anger that lingers, it's okay, and I understand you. And um, and I'm not saying in any way that you need to to sort of suck it up or to to move past it or to move beyond it. I think it's very necessary to seek inner healing. Um, what I discovered was that I could not know or I did not know a good man or that it was even possible for a man to be good or what a good man would look like until I knew the character and the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I truly believe that knowing God and knowing his heart is the answer for healing Mm -hmm. and redemption of your view of men when it comes to traumatic experiences from men because your dad might have not shown up for you in the way that you needed that's a very very true and Mm -hmm. but the solution of just rebelling and sort of just uh sexualizing yourself um, or just like almost reconstructing um, yourself like as in making yourself unrecognizable um, just because you you can't stand yourself anymore you are like um, I mean I had super bad body dysmorphia I, I considered becoming even transgender for a while I was pansexual and so um, I understand all of that. The point is that um, all of those things very possibly uh, are not the solution for you, and the solution could be found in the Lord and knowing his heart um, and not who people say he is, but really, like, letting him show you who he is. Yeah. That's good, Jordan. Okay, wait, um, we're not done. Oh, Because okay. um, I am not, okay, so, which is so crazy, y'all, like, God literally, <laughs> God, okay, God shows up in my overthinking, um, wow. and I say that because <laughs> I was going to ask you about the LGBTQ community, Yeah. and I was like, God, I don't know if I should. I'm mm-hmm. like, is this something you want me to say? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I heard a voice like in my head. I still haven't been able to dif- sometimes differentiate between my own voice and God's yeah. voice. Um, and so I felt like it was like, no. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, hold on. I'm <laughs> like, God, do you want me to do it or do you not? And yeah. then I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna wait for you to like let <laughs> me know. And then you're like, oh, I was almost transgender. I was like, all right, that was my sign. There was God literally showing up in my overthinking. That's so funny. Um. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, my, if you've heard my sister's testimony, which you could also hear on this podcast. Yes, elsewhere. go look up Audra's yeah. podcast. Y'all, I'm so bad at, like, knowing the episodes <laughs> of the specific podcast. Uh-huh. But go for it. Yeah. Um, I'll find it and then tell y'all. Okay. Uh, she was, her and I were probably. 26. Okay, episode 26. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her and I were probably the gayest gay girls that you could imagine in this day and age. <laughs> Where, I oh mean, it was, she looked um, very, very uh, androgynous um, and would wear a binder. And I was like, um, I didn't shave anything. And I had like, uh, armpit hair and a mustache and leg hair and like I just didn't care um, and not that I don't necessarily think that that's like a bad thing but for me it was it was another form of rebellion but anyway um, there was days that I felt very girly and like I wanted to be with a, a masculine girl and then there was days that I wanted to be a masculine girl and I wanted to, to be with a feminine girl. And I, I guess I never considered fully becoming a man. I considered 
Um, I had body dysmorphia with my breasts for a while where I was like, oh my gosh, I want to cut off all my hair and get rid of my boobs. And um, I did cut my hair. I didn't get rid of my boobs because I was 16. Um, But I would wear things to press them down. And then uh, I... What's the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. So I guess the extent I went was I considered going by they, them. My pronouns were she, her, and they, them. Um, So I... uh, (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. Right. And I really think, like, I mean, if you meet anyone in the LGBT community, you you almost are guaranteed that they will have some sort of mental illness. Um, And Mm. it's... um, it's 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 interesting when you are in the community and you see how many people are are so unhealthy and it and it's uh, kind of like directed towards and this is what I believed at the time where I was like well it's because of people that like are oppressing me for being who I am but but the truth is that you may have been oppressed but maybe um, that the solution of becoming gay wasn't actually who you were I can't even count the amount of people I've met that because they were a little more feminine or a little more masculine that people would tell them or ask them a million times that if they were gay or not and they were convinced oh this must be who I am you spoke it over them it became their identity instead right of like it's like when someone calls like you bigger or skinnier you're like you're yeah. so skinny or you're so fat you're like and they keep speaking that over you, you begin to believe it. You're like, right. oh, I am fat. Or <laughs> I am too skinny. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then uh, I actually, I um, I dated a guy for a little while who um, was my first real boyfriend. And he came out of the LGBT community. And he was so um, naive at the time to... Uh, I met him while he was still walking in in homosexuality. I I had been saved by the Lord by this time, and I I helped him get on the right track. Um, You were the vessel. Yeah. And uh, I dated him for a while, and his story was very similar to a lot of men's, that it was like... um, this is this is what I have known. Like this is what people have been saying to me since I was a, since I was a kid, um, and actually there's studies that show um, they would scan uh, gay people's brain versus a straight person's brain, and they show that there is a gland, a hormone gland that is bigger in a in a gay person's brain. Um, which would show a hormone imbalance. Oh wow! And so there, there. On top of that, there's there's other things that relate with the side effects of hormone imbalances, and it's super possible, especially in this day and age with uh, the amount of. And this is like a little bit like not so spiritual, more physical, but especially with the amount of estrogens and GMOs that are in our food, it causes hormone imbalances. And so mm. it's super possible you had something as simple as a hormone imbalance. And because you were a little more feminine as a man or a little more masculine as a girl, that people were like, oh, you're gay. Yeah. And then you were like, there's like no tolerance for that person to kind of like come over a little bit more like right. feminine wise or masculine wise. Right. And it's just like, what if we just embraced men who are a little more feminine and like, I and I think sometimes they're a little bit better. I know, yeah. They take care of themselves. Yeah, Yeah. I love feminine men. I think they're I think they're super sweet and they understand women. Not better than other men. All men are like amazing. Yeah, I just needed a disclaimer. (laughs) Strong man men are also amazing. I love a little strong man. Yeah, love both. Yeah, like um, most of the men that I've met that have come out of homosexuality. are super strong in their emotions and the way that they understand women. And that's what I appreciated so much about... That's so much... But it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's what I appreciated so much about my ex-boyfriend, who's who's a wonderful guy, um, is that 
he could understand women and like relate with them and even minister to them in a way that um, I had never encountered in a, in a man before. And it's because he had spent so much time with them. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I know. I think that there is definitely, um, it's like harder. We live in such a broken society. Like, I, I mean, not just society, broken world. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, I, I don't know. Like, sometimes I, I talk to God and I'm like, God, I wish you would just like wave your hand <laughs> and like make this pain go away because a lot of them live in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my heart goes out to the, to like, you know, the gays or the lesbian or the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Like, um, because you're so right. Like I have, so I have friends who mm-hmm. are lesbians or gay and, um, they are broken mm-hmm. and like, it is very evident and so are straight people that doesn't like, mm-hmm. but there's just, there was, I don't know what happened there where it was like, you know, the misunderstanding, but, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just applaud you and Audra a lot because I feel like you guys are very open about talking about it mm-hmm. and are very encouraging to those who are still in the community in the sense of like, Hey, like there's so much better out outside of the community. Right. Um, so I want to applaud you and Audra both for doing that because um, I know people, like not know people, I would think that people would, like if I was in that situation, I would be like, I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to come and hate me. Uh-huh. You know, because I'm like talking against it. But um, so I'm really proud of your, proud of your bravery Thank to you. like come on here and talk about it and just talk about it openly, even if you're like in a room. Yeah. Because it makes you so much more special, you know. Mm, thank you, yeah. Yeah, and I, I felt I feel in my heart to say um, everything that... So I guess, let me say it this way. If you are currently a Christian um, and you have maybe never experienced uh, being in the feminist community or being a part of the LGBT community or even being... Um, or even embracing a lot of what um, this younger generation embraces, um, I know that the people in these communities can come off abrasive towards um, anyone that uh, might try to say anything against it, and it's, like, really easy to be like, these people are crazy, like, I don't know what's wrong with them, how can they be like that? Um, I think what's really, really important to know is that coming out of the LGBT community and coming out of the feminist community, I was never told, like I said, um, even it wasn't even a conversation that anyone had with me that I needed to get out of this or that I was bad. It literally was the Holy Spirit in my life ministering to me, speaking to me about who I was and that there was better for me. And so Mm. if you are hearing this and you're in these communities, um, don't just take my word for it, but actually seek the Lord and just ask him. And if you, like I was saying to, to Christians currently, Um, seek to understand and to build up. If you're like, I don't know how to talk to these people. I don't know how to minister to them. Just literally, it's okay. You don't have to address the fact that they're gay and that it's a sin. (laughs) Like, odds are, um, 99.9% of the time, they already know that that the Bible says that and that you might think that if they know that you're a Christian. Um, or believe that. And so the opportunity we have to be like, I just want to connect with you. I just want to know who you are at your core mm. is is a really different approach that many LGBTQ members and and just broken men and women have not experienced from um, us as believers. And so... Um, Everything is very, like, rooted in a lot of emotional pain. If you can unpack the emotional pain first instead of focusing on the sin symptom, mm-hmm. it will 
you'll see so much more progression and so much life. Um, wow. Yeah, I just wanted to share that. That's that's good stuff right there. <laughs> Preaching over here. Jordan, um, I don't have any more questions for you. You've literally answered everything. <laughs> everything I could possibly think. Um, before we wrap it up, is there anything else that you want to share? Or do you feel like you're like, yes, I did it? Yeah, I think um, I think I'm good. Um, okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, my gosh, y'all. If you are anything like me, speechless is definitely a word you can describe for this episode. <laughs> um, I am just really thankful for you. I know I've said it a lot in this episode, but... Um, I'm really thankful you came and you shared your heart. Thank you for trusting me and my listeners with your heart, with your mm-hmm. vulnerability, your transparency. Thank you for um, opening up doors that could be really painful to open up. Yeah. Um, I'm, I know I've been blessed by this conversation. I know that they will be too. Um, so I just want to thank you for coming on, for saying yes, for feeling empowered, for <laughs> driving all the way here. I'm so <laughs> far away, but I love you for it. Um, and just for sharing your heart, you're so amazing. Thank you. And I love you a lot. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to download the episode, follow, subscribe. I don't freaking know what the thing is, <laughs> and rate the episode. Also, you can check out her page. I will link it down below. Her Instagram. Um, if you guys want to go see some bomb makeup, because <laughs> she's freaking kills it at it. And yeah, guys, if you guys want to go, just check out her Instagram. Um, all right, guys, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll talk to you guys Thanks, on guys. the next episode of Tell It All. Yeah.